now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 24. We thank God for his word. Without the word, we will not know God. The message title is The New Covenant in Christ. Our God is a covenant-making and keeping God. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to bless us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And we ask, O God, that you will shower us, O Holy Spirit, with your grace that brings illumination, light upon your truth, to speak it into our hearts. Because your word is living, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. So thank you, Father. As we open our hearts, dear God, to receive from you, All that you desire to bless us with this morning, speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 24. Now he, that is God, said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, They are sons of Aaron. They will suffer a horrible death later on because of their disobedience. And 70 of the elders of Israel and worship from afar. Pay attention to from afar. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord. Only Moses. God wants to come near to Yahweh. But they shall not come near, nor shall the people go up with him. This is, they're going up on the mountain. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. Now let's pay attention to verses 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. Moses is writing the words of God. Here we have the Genesis, the beginning of the receiving of the Holy Scriptures to us. God working through. Holy men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 
And he rose up early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young men of the children of Israel to offer burnt offering and sacrifice peace offering of oxen to the Lord. This is the giving of the law. God give us the law. God give us his word. Why did God give us the law? Why did he give us what we understand in the Old Testament? That's the question. So with that, I'd like you to turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. So turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 3. So remember the question here is, why did God, why did God give us the law? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19. What purpose then does the law serve? It answers that question, doesn't it? God is saying, this is why I give you the law. It was added because of transgression. Because of man's sin. Galatians, 19, Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Till the seed, that is Christ Jesus, should come to whom the promise was made. Everything in the law is pointing to Jesus. Everything in the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. All of the doctrines, all of the writings, all of the truth is God's progressive plan of redemption, God's revelation to us to understand that Messiah will come. And it was appointed through angels by the hands, by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Is the law then against the promise, the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given that would have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. If it was possible for people to obey the law, to get to heaven, if that was possible, there would be no need for Messiah to come. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under God by the law. Kept from the faith that would afterward be revealed. The law itself served to bind us. The law itself served to let us know that we have a sin problem. That we are unable by our own self-effort, by our own self-righteousness, qualify, be qualified to get to heaven. The law then is just to let us know that we need a savior. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. All of the Old Testament, 
is to bring us to Jesus. That we might be justified by faith. And after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. We are no longer under the law. Does that mean that we do away with the Old Testament commands of thou shalt not kill? No. But it means that all of the Old Testament has to be seen now as it has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. God still wants us to walk right before him. He still wants us to worship him. He still wants us to understand who he is, to understand and appreciate his sovereignty. But everything we got in the Old Testament, from Moses to Malachi, served to tell us that a day will come which came when Messiah Jesus will come into this world and he will go to the cross. He is the same. What we could not do and what the law could not do, Christ did it for us. That's why he had to come in our form. So let's go back to Exodus 24, verses 6. And Moses took half the blood and put it in the basin, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. The law was meant for us to obey. The first law that man had was not a written law. It was a law that God spoke in fellowship with Adam. Don't eat of the fruit of this tree. Don't eat of it. The day you eat of it, you shall die. God's law was simply meant for us to obey. Because in, within God's law, the very essence of God's law, God is revealing his character, who he is, and his love for us. And when we obey the word of God, every time we obey the word of God, we are growing to experience, to know and to experience the very character of God. Verses 8, And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, This is the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you according to all these words. This is the law of the covenant. God is a covenant-keeping God. But there will come a covenant that God will make with us. There will come a time where there is going to be a covenant, this covenant that is going to be sealed by the blood of Jesus. It's a far greater covenant. And so turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verses 23. It says, Paul, 
is writing here and he says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, And verse 24 now, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant. God told Moses there's a covenant God is making. God says, I'm establishing a covenant, an unconditional covenant. Christ gives us the fulfillment of this covenant. He says, this covenant is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. God gave us the law in the Old Testament. God gave us his word. To help us to understand that he is a covenant giving and keeping God. And that covenant is now fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Our relationship with God is based on our covenant with Jesus. Simply, this is what happened. When Jesus went to the cross and he suffered and died, and rose again, and then ascended to the Father. Jesus established an eternal covenant that has been ratified or settled by his blood. Everything then that happened, where it says in Exodus 24, 8, that Moses took the blood and sprinkled it, All of that happened, that was just temporary. When Jesus went to the cross, it was one time. He will go to the cross. We can look back now almost 2,000 years ago and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you came in our form and you fulfilled a covenant, this covenant, the cleansing of our sins, the atonement for our sins by the blood of Jesus. Not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by the blood of Jesus. And the only way that we can benefit from that is when we put our faith in Jesus. Go back to Exodus chapter 24 and verses 9. Then Moses went up also Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, and it was like the very heaven in its clarity. But on the nobles of the children of Israel, he did not lay his hands. So they saw God, and they ate and drank. Then the Lord said to Moses, pay attention to verses 11. The Lord is speaking. He said, Yahweh said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. 
and I will give you tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written that you may teach them. So Moses arose with his servant Joshua and Moses went up to the mountain of God and he said to the elders, wait here for us till we come back to you. Indeed, Aaron and Ur are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. God gave them his word on stone. Later on, God, they will write it. They will have it on parchments, on animal skin. They will be receiving the word of God, the written word of God. God would lead Moses to write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But here is something amazing, saints. There will come a time, God says, that he will write his word in our heart. And the only time what is necessary for that to happen is that Jesus would have to come. And the Holy Spirit will have to do that work. So in Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. And verses 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. When I will make a new covenant, that's the new covenant we have in Jesus, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them up out of the land of Egypt. This is speaking about that time. My covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. We're in Jeremiah 31 and verse 33 now. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. The Holy Spirit is doing this. The Spirit of God is doing this in our hearts. The Holy Spirit is revealing God's truth to us. At the moment we put our faith in Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. And he is bearing witness inside of us that we are God's children. And we are understanding God's word as never before. Even Peter, on the day of Pentecost, the people said, they heard them speak their, their languages. They were speaking about Jesus, that he is Messiah and he's a savior. And the people thought that they were drunk. And Peter says, no, we are not drunk. This is what Joel, the prophet, says. With the coming of the Holy Spirit, they were understanding the word of God as never before. And today we can understand the word of God in its fullness because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Because all of the word of God is to reveal Jesus. All of the word of God is to reveal Jesus. 
And thank God he has placed his word in our heart. Well, let's get back to Exodus chapter 24. And I want to begin from verses 16 here, so I would hop along a little bit. So verses 16. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days. And 40 nights. Today, when we put our faith in Jesus, we have experienced our mountain relationship. We have come to a new mountain. We have come to, we have come, we have come to Mount Zion. And so with that, I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. We have, come, we have come now to a mountain where Jesus is our mediator, saints. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22. <coughs> it says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. We cannot number it. What a blessing. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect, God has brought us to a new mountain, Mount Zion. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. To the blood sprinkled. The blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Going back to Genesis, when he offered a sacrifice that was more pleasing to God. Jesus is our Mount Zion. Jesus is our mediator. That mountain represents, in days of Moses, at the time there with Moses, God making a way for us to have a relationship with him. And now we have Jesus. He is our mediator, Christ Jesus, our Savior. Every time we pray, Every time we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. Every time we pray, we pray because Jesus has brought us into a new covenant relationship with our creator, God. Every time we pray, God in his mercy, in spite of our sin, 
While we were yet in sin, Christ came and he died for us. This glorious gospel truth. This is the message that we take to the world. This is the hope that the world has to hear. That Jesus is Savior of the world. For us, this is the only thing that makes sense to us. We are born again, and we are God's children. And we take this message that says, thank God, saints, if Jesus did not come, we still would have been trying to obey the law and falling short. But since Jesus came in our form, in human form, without sin, obeyed the law to the fullest. Everything that the law had to offer, Jesus obeyed it without sin. Representing us before the Father and satisfying the Father that here is a human person that can obey. Father, finally, your law has been obeyed. Your law has been obeyed, dear God. Your law that you give us. Beginning with Moses and writing, dear God, where you yourself wrote the first time, Lord, in the hands of God, wrote in the tablet of stone, God, one of us, Lord, obeyed your law to the fullness and has satisfied you, O Holy Father. His name is Jesus. He is our Savior. He is our Lord. And it changed everything. Because the Bible says the Father in heaven is now satisfied. The Father is satisfied that he did it. He was tempted in all forms as we are. Every temptation we face, but yet he did not sin. He represented us, and he's now representing us before the Father. And having put our faith in him, the Father says, finally, he says, I look at you, and I see you, holy and without blame. Holy and without blame. God says, I will not even remember your sin. I will not remember it because my law has been met, has been fulfilled. Someone obeyed it to the fullness. Jesus came in our form. Let us pray. Father Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you, God. God, thank you for the law. Because through the law, God, we come to understand our shortcoming. That we are not able 
to be righteous enough to enter your kingdom. But God, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, that we have a new covenant now, a new covenant with you, Lord Jesus. And by faith, Father, thank you, Jesus, by faith in you as our Savior and what you did on Calvary Street. Thank you, Jesus, that we are born again. And for those who are listening, Lord Jesus, Father, we pray, O God, that you will touch their heart, that they will receive you. In the mighty name of Jesus, they will receive this glorious gospel message that they too will come to you before they die. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our mediator before the Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Was left.